Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want to talk to you and address the topic of the promised land, trusting and believing in that place of true blessing. Recently, uh, on a television show called Jeopardy, there was a social media uproar over a question concerning the city of Bethlehem. The category was, where's the church? And the clue was, built in the 300s AD, the church of the nativity. And again, where's the church? And the first contestant, a lady named Katie Needle, answered, what is Palestine? And Alex Trebek said, that's incorrect. And then the second contestant, Jack McGuire, said, what is Israel? And that was deemed correct. Well, then there was an uproar because of political correctness. They actually reversed and took the points away from the guy that said Israel and gave it to the person who said Palestine. Now, there will always be a debate, as long as time shall last, between the Jews and the Arab nations on who owns that land. And I want you in your notes to write down a few things about that land. First of all, it was originally promised to a man named Abraham. Now, you have to go back four thousand years to know who that land belongs to genesis chapter 12 we find these words this is four thousand years ago the lord said to abram leave your country leave your people leave your father's household and go to the the what the land that i god will show you And when you get there, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And down in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 12, they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So the Lord was the one who gave that land to Abraham, and originally, write this down, it was called the land of Canaan. And God decides don't be upset with god he decides to take the land from the canaanites and he decides to give it to abraham and to abraham's descendants now always people say well why would god do that well the simple answer god can do whatever he wants to do you say whose land is it it's god's land god could have given it to fred flintstone if he'd wanted to But he decides to give it to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants. Now, the best answer on why God did that was because God has a plan. God is going to raise up a people, uh, the Jewish people. He's going to raise up this nation. He's going to plant them in that land. And from that land eventually will come the Messiah. And the Messiah will be the one who can redeem the entire world. 
And that's why it's called, write it down, that's why it's called the promised land. Because originally it was the Canaanites, but God told Abraham that he, he's going to lead him to a place. And so this place is called, as we know in our vernacular, as the promised land. It was part of God's unwavering covenant or promise to Abraham and to Abraham's offspring. Now, write this down. It's flowing with milk and honey. It is a rich uh, land. In other words, they're no longer going to have to be in the desert. Now they get dessert. (laughs) It's lush. It's the abundance of God, the blessing of God. And then God tells Moses, Moses, you're not going to get to lead him into the promised land. And he chose a young man by the name of Joshua. And uh, if you read, don't do it now, but sometime this week, you want, I mean, this is better than television, people. Read the first six chapters of Joshua. And it's the story of the Hebrew people crossing over the River Jordan and going in and taking possession of this land that's called the Promised Land. Joshua and the Hebrew people and the 12 tribes of Israel, which were the 12 great grandsons of Abraham, God fulfilling his promise. We have the names of those 12 tribes on the 12 pillars outside of this church. If you want to go read their names, they cross over the Jordan river and they take possession of the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And they're finally where God had called them to be. Now, spiritually write this down. It's symbolic of salvation. Symbolically. Because all of us here at one time were slaves. All of us were in bondage to sin, to our past. And it wasn't just a little lamb. It was the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on a cross and shed His blood, that through the blood of the Lamb of God, all of us have been set free. And we're ushered into the place of blessing where God has called us to live. That's what the promised land means for us. And write this down, which is what I want to talk to you about today. The promised land is a place of victory. It's a place of victory. And as a believer today, you should be living a life of victory. You should not be living a life of defeat. Now I want to show you this photograph. This is a a drawing or a map. This is the land of Israel. This is the 12 tribes who who God, after 500 years, brought them to this land. And you can see where the 12 tribes, and you can see Judah. You see Judah there? Uh, Judah, the tribe of Judah, is where Jesus came from. The Messiah came from there. And if it wasn't for the Messiah, none of us would be here today. Amen? Now, for all the Hebrew people who finally got to that place of victory... It meant three things. Number one, it meant freedom for them. They were no longer slaves, no longer in bondage, no longer in Egypt, no longer in the world, no longer in the desert. It was a place of freedom. Number two, it was a place of fullness. They've now entered a land of hills and valleys and rivers and fruit and wine and oil, figs and grapes and pomegranates and blessing, abundance overflowing with milk and honey. Amen. 
Instead of eating the same manna day after day, week after week, month after month for 40 years, piece of bread, now they have mangoes and grapes and avocados and tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and zucchini and apples and pears and bananas and dates and on and on the list goes. But number three, most importantly, it it was a place of fulfillment. It was the place where God began to fulfill his promises and his plans. They were now living in the will of God. But I want to read this to you and make a couple of quick points. Verse 1, Joshua 1.1. After the death of Moses. Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, verse 2, Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, 1.5 million people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the, into the what? Into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the, to the Israelites. Do you see that? God gave the land to the Israelites. You want to know whose land it is? It's theirs. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I have promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert up there to Lebanon to the north, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west, the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Have you ever looked at the promises of God and thought, those are nice, but they're not for me. That God, yes, I know what God said to Moses. Yes, I know what God said to Joshua. Yes, I know what God said to Peter. Yes, I know what God said to Mary. Yes, I know what God said to Paul. Yes, I know what God said to Daniel. Yes, I know what God said to David. Yes, I know what God said to Solomon. But those are promises for them. Those promises were not for me. They're wonderful, but they're not for me. I want you to know that they are for you. There are some 3,000 promises in the Word of God. Have you ever read them? Have you ever studied them? Do you realize that they are for you? Psalm 119 verse 90 says, Your faithfulness, God's faithfulness, continues throughout all generations. What does that mean? That means that the promises of God are for all generations. His promise is to bless them, to be with them, to provide for them, to help them reach their promised land are true for us today in a sense that God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. As God was with Moses, as God was with Joshua, guess what? God will also be with you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just a couple of nights ago, I've not done this for about five, six years. I don't know why. I, I just don't go over there. I drove through Beverly Hills. I did not belong there. 
You know, I've lived up here in, a, in the valley. I'm always up here in the valley. If you've never been to Beverly Hills, you need to drive through there at least once. It, it smelled wealthy. It was a river of affluence and abundance. And, I, so I thought, and then you drive through, I thought, man, people live here. People work here. People shop here. The cars and the money and the wealth, it was like unbelievable. If you ever see me in Beverly Hills, I'm not shopping. I am window shopping. For many people that they read these promises, it's like me going to Beverly Hills. It's it's okay to window shop, but that's really not for me. These promises, as you look at them, they really are for you. Amen? Uh, God's promises are real, and God's promises are true. Uh, I want you to know, uh, look at verse 7, if you will. Look, let's go to verse 7. I want you two more verses, and I'll make some points. Be strong and very. Say the word very. Now, he said in verse 6 to be strong and courageous. He says it a second time here in verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the what? To the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Look at that verse again. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Just keep your nose in God's word. Don't look over here. Don't look over here to see what Hollywood is trying to get you to do. Don't look over here to see what television is trying to tell you to do. Don't look over here to see what culture is trying to tell you to do. Don't look over here to see what pornography is trying to tell you to do. Don't look over here to see what uh, the professor over at the university is trying to tell you how to live your life. Don't look over here at what the politician is telling you. Don't look over here at what your friends are telling you. Don't look over here at what your enemies are telling you. You just keep your nose in the Word of God. And you will be successful wherever you go. And verse 8 says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. They got these instructions right before they went in to take possession of the promised land. Three things, write them down quickly. Number one, the word of God should be in your mouth. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. You are to be speaking, not just reading. That's two different things. Not just listening, not just hearing the pastor read it, not you just looking at it on a screen, not not just memorizing it, which is a good thing, but you should be speaking it. You should be verbalizing it, proclaiming it out loud. There is something powerful that happens when you speak God's Word. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness three times by Satan. And all three times, he defeated Satan by simply quoting Scripture at Satan. 
You and I are tempted not just three times. I wish that was the case. We're tempted a thousand times. And every time Satan tempts you, you should give him a truckload of Scripture. Just quote that Scripture back at him. Watch him. He'll flee like a rat on a sinking ship if you'll just quote Scripture at him. We, we like to talk about the Lakers and the Dodgers and the weather and the wind and the finances and the traffic and the fashion and our president. What we need to speak is God's Word is what should be coming out of our mouth. Number two, write this down as we get ready to close. God's Word needs to be on your mind. He said to meditate on it day and night. So you store it up in your heart. You think about it in your mind. The word meditate has the idea of humming. Humming. Have you ever uh, listened to a song and you get that little tune in your head and you just can't get it out? Like that song we sang today, Unstoppable God, your glory goes on and on. Unstoppable God, your glory goes on and on. I get that thing. That thing will stay in my head all day after we sing that song. And uh, that's the way the Word of God is. You get it in your heart. You get it in your mind. And you just, you just meditate on it. Uh-oh, you chew on it. You let it percolate. You think about it just all day. Here's a great exercise for everyone here. In the morning, before you leave the house, pick up a Bible and read a passage of Scripture. doesn't have to be long. Read, read, read one paragraph or one column, one chapter, and then go back and pick out one word, one thought, one line, one principle, and then close your Bible and see if you can go the whole day and remember what that one principle was. As you're driving to work, as you get to work, on you're on your coffee break, when you're at lunch, when you get ready to go home, as you go back home, right before you go to bed, can you still remember what that one phrase was? Think about that phrase all day long. And then when you go to sleep, before you go to sleep, open up the Bible, read another paragraph, try to find one line that you can think about all night long. Because how many of you like me, you toss and turn all night long? And you're thinking about this and that and this and much can't sleep and this. Think about and see if you wake up in the morning, you can remember that one phrase that you read right before you went to bed. I want to show you as we close, we're, gonna, we're closing. Everybody say we're closing. Okay. Psalm chapter 63 says these words. Because your love, God is better than anything in my life. My lips will do what? Will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. If I'm breathing, I'm praising you. In your name I will lift up my hands. Verse 5. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And look at verse 6. On my bed, I will remember you, and I will think of you through the watches of the night. All day and all night, you just meditate on the Word of God. Number three, most importantly, God's Word is to be followed Meditating on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything in it. 
and then you will be prosperous and successful. I close by asking you one quick question. Is there any area in your life that you have not yet surrendered to Jesus? Can you think of one area that you are living in disobedience? And if you can think of an area, you need to know that there are certain blessings that you are missing out on. Because God's promises are eternal. He said, if you follow these words of mine, you will be prosperous and you will be successful. True success is knowing that you're in the will of God. That's what success is. It's not measured in dollars or in the size of your house. You can live in the biggest house in L.A. and be unsuccessful. And you can live in a shack and yet be prosperous because you're living in the will of God. I got a, I got a guy in the church. You, you, you all don't know this. I got a guy in the church. I just know a lot about him. And I, I was shopping one day in a store, and I saw something. I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy That guy, he'll love this. And so I bought it for him. I have it on my desk in my office. And I said these words. Next time I see him in church, I'm going to give it to him. That thing's been sitting on my desk for three months. I've been in church for three months. He's got a gift that the pastor bought him that he's going to love. He don't get it until he comes to church. You said that is a silly illustration. Yeah, it is pretty silly. But I will tell you this. If you're living in disobedience, God is not going to bless you in certain ways where he would bless you if you were living in obedience. God has, God has more blessings lined up, stored up, ready to provide and to give. He's just waiting on you and I to begin to walk in obedience with him. My question remains, is there any area in your life where you've yet to walk in complete obedience? And if that's the case, you need to come today and take that leap of faith. Let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to that you think you have to have. Let go of that. Just do whatever it is that God calls you to do. And see if God doesn't put his hand of blessing upon your life. Give God a chance. Give God a chance. If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God. And prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. 
It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchor Journal today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.